ultimately it's it is all universal like we're all connected everything's connected and i think that's what this journey showed me and and now i've opened up my own practice it's prana squared helping other clients and empowering people to really discover themselves that's my mission really for people to understand themselves really discover themselves and then they can make a difference in the world like just like i did i think anyone can do it <laughs> Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to Into the Light. I'm your host, Adina Movana. Today we have Siri Pulapaka. She is the founder of Prana Squared. Siri is a certified holistic practitioner in Sydney, Australia. She trained under Shanti Goans and Deepak Chopra. Embracing her Hindu and Muslim background, Siri's journey interweaves spirituality, Ayurveda, and her role as a dedicated healer. Ayurveda became a guiding light during the births of her children, battling high-functioning anxiety and breastfeeding difficulties in her first childbirth. An Ayurvedic retreat in India identified these struggles as manifestations of postpartum uh, avata imbalance. She series adapted to an Ayurvedic diet, herbs, and lifestyle changes changed her life, restoring both her mental and physical health. Welcome, Siri. I'm so excited to have you and talk all about Ayurveda and spirituality and all these exciting topics. So good to have you. Oh, thank you for having me, Adina. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Well, I'm so excited. I was actually really looking for someone. It was like a couple months ago. I've, I've interviewed different holistic practitioners and healers of all different modalities. And I was really looking for someone who practices Ayurveda and who also has a has a Muslim background background or also kind of mixes things together with with our own spiritual tradition and I was so excited when you reached out and we finally reconnected because we we actually I know I've known you for for years and didn't realize that that's what you were doing these days so I'm so excited <laughs> it's meant yeah, to be <laughs> it's meant to be sister I love that I love that and so I know you you are the founder of Prana Squared. And so I'm curious just to hear maybe a little bit of your backstory, because I know I went into that bio and I talked about your spiritual tradition and how you kind of blend the two and things things like that from your own background. But tell me a little bit how you ended up coming into this work and having this sort of mix of spiritual traditions within your own self. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you for asking. I, it's it was phenomenal. Like I really didn't expect I'd be here. It's like when your soul just knows what your purpose is and just gravitates towards that. Like as we experience life, and we all know how hard life is, and we see it as suffering, but actually the suffering has expansions. And I think that's what happened in my journey. And I didn't even realize because when some Australians, so I live in Sydney, Australia, 
and have an Indian background. And I was raised in a very Indian way, but I didn't, I never connected to my roots. Like I was like, nothing about me is Indian. Like I'm pretty much an Australian. Like, you know, I couldn't really connect to, to either the religion I was raised in or like my background. Right. And I kind of went on my own journey where I studied Hinduism to a large extent when I was I was a Hindu before and I changed religions and I'll kind of talk about all that in my uh, journey towards Ayurveda so essentially when I was 16 I read the Bhagavad Gita which is essentially like the Hindu main text and really went into the philosophy I did a lot of practices and rituals and I just felt like something was missing in terms of connecting to the true God or universe or whatever you may call it and I I just gravitated towards like just this journey of understanding religion. And I guess through that experience, I was going through a lot of situations in my childhood that made me explore different countries and made me explore, you know, religion a bit more and ended up being in India. And that's kind of when I was thinking, you know what, like, actually, I don't think Hinduism is really for me. I kind of need to explore other religions. And then I was in a situation where I was living on my own in Sydney, was with the family before, but I moved back on my own during university days. And I just decided I might start exploring. And I always was kind of gravitated towards Christianity. But I think during that journey, Islam kind of made its way into, into my world and at the time was never thinking about being Muslim. My family are very like anti the whole, like obviously people buy into the hype of what's going on and like they don't understand like the mysticism that Islam carries. And I think that's what I connected to. I really started to see this concept of spirituality that I was never exposed to before. And I just kind of gravitated towards it. It made sense. It uh, answered a lot of things from my Hindu tradition. So it was really strange because it connected my Hindu traditions and what I was practicing. Like all my practices are very much like as as religion is, like you have to follow the rules and regulations. So it's very much like an Islamic view right now, but the, the spirituality side, like it was just an extension, like it just merged two worlds together. And that was my experience of Ayurveda as well, like really interestingly. So it was, that was my spiritual journey. And then Ayurveda was like very much similar because I was like, I guess, just like Hinduism, I was doing what everyone was doing, like the corporate world and like climbing that trajectory in terms of my career, like kind of like in the box that everyone else is in and decided that it just wasn't sitting right with me. Like I think for a very long time, like I was doing very well in my career, but I just, it just didn't resonate with my soul. So I started to explore other ways that I could, I think my purpose was also always to like help other people like how could I help people I, I guess I was kind of attracting that all along and I didn't realize and I jumped into Ayurveda when I was I had my first child and I think that unlocked a lot of things in me like and and in Ayurveda you say that when you give birth to a child you give birth to part of yourself actually so you actually unlock a lot about yourself. So that's, I think that's what happened to me. And I, I went through anxiety, as you mentioned, Adina, and I came across an Ayurvedic retreat that really taught me about what my body type is and, you know, where I've gone kind of out of balance and what I need to do. It was just tweaks to my diet, tweaks to, I didn't have to take anything like medicine or go on drugs or anything like that for my depression or anxiety that I was going through. It was just managing it. So, and he gave me some natural plant medicine, completely safe. Like I took that. I was better within like a few months. I just felt 
like I could understand myself more. It really explained a lot of things about myself that I just didn't know. And so again, it was on this journey of like, okay, so this is what life's about, like really discovering my soul, I guess. And and I wanted to study Ayurveda. First, I was like, okay, I don't know what, what I'm going to do with this. I'm just going to study it and see where I go. But as I studied, like, I was like, oh my God, this is just so me. And I could see like my world's coming together again because the spirituality side, like it connected a lot with the Ayurveda. Like it was so weird, like how I explained a lot of the Islamic medicine. So we call it like Tib, so prophetic medicine. Some of the principles that the prophet would do, I I couldn't understand because Islam doesn't really go into obviously the medicine side of things unless you study it. But a lot of those answers came from Ayurveda. So one time, like it was Ramadan, which is a religious holy month where we fast. And I was sitting there like just contemplating and I was like finishing my degree in Ayurveda. And then it started to answer like things like, why do we eat dates when we complete our fast? Or why do we drink three glasses of water? Like, I mean, three sips of water. Like, why do we do that sitting down? All those kind of things, like in a very medical way, I <laughs> could understand all of that. So like, it's like worlds came together again. I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So, so it was so universal. And I think this is why I love it because ultimately it's, it is all universal. Like we're all connected. Everything's connected. And I think that's what this journey showed me. And, and now I've opened up my own practice. It's Prana Squared, helping other clients and empowering people to really discover themselves. That's my mission, really, for people to understand themselves, really discover themselves, and then they can make a difference in the world. Like, just like I did. I think anyone can do it. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Amazing. What a, what a, what a, like a journey you've been on a lot of story twists and turns in your story and yeah I've, I've I've been curious about Ayurveda maybe for the last year or two my my sister is really into it big time and she was the one who started telling me about the body types and where she was working with an Ayurvedic practitioner and I'm curious about because you, you came from the, the Hindu background and from what I know I, I don't know how deeply rooted it is within Hinduism because I know it originates from India but is it seen within Hinduism as part of a, like their religious tradition at all? Or where do where does it kind of have commonality within Hinduism? And then where does it depart? Because I know a lot of Muslims mm. or people from different religious traditions might be like just bucketing it in with like that spiritual tradition and be like turned off by that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually was quite surprised because I, I thought that would be the common senses between like the Muslim population, right? Like, and I see a lot of Muslims as my clients. And it's interesting because Hinduism isn't really a religion. So like, it's a term that people gave, like the invaders gave to a religion that was quite universal. So if you go back to, during those days, like BC and that, like before, before Christ, right? Essentially, the world was together. And India was very large. Like it wasn't like how it is now. Like over time, like obviously seas have separated countries and things like that. So this religion used to extend out into like Indonesia. So that's why you'd see a lot of like Hindu idols or like deities and things like that in Indonesia as well. And it was kind of spread out the world. So what I'm trying to say is like it wasn't a real religion per se. Like it was, it's a name that's thrown out. So what it was before was four Vedas. So the, the Vedas is four books, essentially. And those four books are books of knowledge that apply very universally because there's no rituals in those books. If you really look at them, they speak of one God. 
they speak of so very much Abrahamic in that sense, like very like you know about a one God, about universe, about happiness, about about recognizing your soul and how we connect that our soul to the ultimate soul, which is like God, and how we we have this relationship with Him. And so, how do we then? And this was where Ayurveda came from. So, how do we then apply our physical existence? to that like to to elevating our soul to that level that we needed to get to so we can connect to the divine so therefore then it was like so what do we eat what how do we live our lifestyle what do we follow in terms of nature what's good for us or what's good for some what's what's not good for some so that's when the body types and all that 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 came out of one of the vedas essentially so yes it's linked to the religion in that sense where it was very much a way to connect to the divine but very, very, like Ayurveda makes it very clear that this is not applicable to a particular religion. It's very universal. So there's no concept where we do like chanting or something before we <laughs> take a medicine or nothing to do with that. And what I discovered through my journey is that, so Ayurveda was the first natural medicine that originated in the world. So the most oldest like form of natural medicine and what happened was this is when like people came to India and India was quite rich at that time so people came and took it and turned it into something else so constantly evolving and it wouldn't have evolved from that source if it was incorrect right like the roots were always correct so so then the Arabs took it they translated a lot of the texts into Arabic the Chinese took it they translated it into Chinese and that became Chinese medicine right the Greeks took it so the Greeks took it from the Arabs and that became what, what we know Hippocrates, like he is the father of modern medicine. And he quotes a lot of things from Ayurveda. So if you actually read, and I did, like I went into the text and he actually credits Ayurveda, which is Islamic. Islam's one of one of the, uh, I guess, the pioneers in terms of more, like Arabic medicine. He actually quotes Ayurveda as well. So if you look at his text, a lot of it's crediting Ayurveda because they they took the good from people. And this is what we forget. Like, I know Islam's become very different in the West right now and, and what I see. And to be honest, sometimes I'm also turned off by what I see. But so I love your tagline, not that kind of awesome, because it's it's so true. Because, like, we've come so far from the spiritual essence of Islam. And this is what they did. Like, the Sufis of the time, the great, the great saints, what we call Sufis, was essentially a spiritual person. They took the good and left the bad. So if people were kind of like deviating and people were like worshipping idols and that kind of thing, well, probably that's where they were like, okay, this doesn't really seem correct. Let's just leave that part. But let's take the good. So let's take the breathing exercises. Let's take, you know, all of the nuances that, you know, Ayurveda says, like yoga, for example, yoga. So yoga and Ayurveda go like this, they're sister sciences, right? So essentially it stems from Ayurveda. And so like yoga became such a big thing. And I don't think Muslims, I mean, I, I think there was once upon a time that Muslims frowned upon it, but now every Muslim is pretty much done yoga, yoga right? Yeah. yeah. And so yoga is essentially like, what do we do in our prayers? Like as a Muslim, we're bowing down, getting up, bowing down. That's essentially a spiritual yoga. And if you read some of the texts that the Sufi saints, like I know there's a particular saint that I follow at the moment, which is Kwajamoyedin Chisti from India. He literally like fused together the spiritual aspects of Hinduism, like so this ancient tradition, and took the good, left the bad, kind of mixed it with the, the breathing exercise and things like that with Islam. And so it became a practice where we can take 
certain things from there. And I spoke to some of the people there in terms of the medicine that they practice, very similar to what we call Unani medicine or Tib medicine. It's exactly the same thing. They, they, even the herbs we use is the same thing. So you'll see that kind of spread. Rare. So basically to answer your question, very universal. So it's not particular to any any kind of yeah. Yeah, religion. Yeah, I didn't realize that um, it was rooted or that like even Chinese medicine, ancient medicine, Hippocrates, I think you meant like, I didn't realize all of that was rooted in Ayurveda as well. So that's just really shows how far that tradition goes back, ancient tradition kind of thing, uh, ancient wisdom mm-hmm. that we are certainly allowed to access and benefit from and integrate into our daily lives. And I'm just so fascinated because it, it, it addresses not only things about the spiritual, like, I mean, about the physical health, like eating and dietary stuff, but I'm curious about yes. how how it really opens up a, a pathway to becoming aligned with your, let's say your soul's purpose or your spiritual center and like how it can actually, in a lot of ways, lead us into like kind of a more profound connection to God. Has that been your experience as well as far as practicing Ayurveda? Yeah, definitely. Because I guess it's important to realize that we're not all the same right? Like what applies to me may not apply to you. So a lot of people, and this is the kind of modern crisis we're in, because there's a lot of like, there's a pandemic coming, which is essentially mental health pandemic, right? We all can feel it. Like I I see it a lot with my clients and, and a lot of people say, well, everybody tells me to meditate. I go see a psychologist and they tell me to meditate, but it doesn't apply to me. I can't meditate. I can't shut down the thoughts. Like, how do I meditate? So like we've got into like blanket solution, everything like this is kind of the time. And even like medicine, like I'm not discrediting doctors at all. I think we're so blessed to have modern medicine, but we've got to understand like medicine is to prevent something. Uh, sorry, to, to solve a problem that's already occurred. What we're trying to do is prevent that problem from occurring. And what we do with that is to understand that not everything applies to you. So when we look at Ayurveda, the first concept is to understand that we all have doshas. So essentially what a dosha is, is a body type, <clears throat> a body type, a humor in Greek mythology, you can call it like essentially energies. So bioenergies. And how we we talk about, so I'll just introduce what they are. So what they are is Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. So these are the three body types in Ayurveda. And what they essentially mean is that what Ayurveda is always looking at is how we're interconnected with the universe. So everything external to us is within us, and what's within us is external to us. So this is how we're connected. And so there's five elements within the universe, and that is, according to Ayurveda, it's fire, water, earth, space and air and when those elements are coming to our bodies they combine together it's just a bit like atoms and molecules and all that like how they combine and they give you something so that proportion changes within every individual so you may have more fire and some water and I may have more fire air and space for example so like it changes so and that disposition changes based on your genetic disposition so your parents what state they were in when they were conceiving you what their makeup was what their past traumas were like all of that applies to what your makeup is so this is how we are all connected so so when we say so so how these doshas are formed is essentially vata is air and space they combine together to give you that energy um, pitta is fire and water it combines together to give you a pitta energy and kapha is earth and water so 
that combines together to give you that. So essentially what you mean by that is if you're a Vata person, you're probably someone that has certain traits, certain lifestyle preferences. You may have a lot of anxiety. You may have people that often struggle from that. You can tell with your body shape. It's not like you have one or the other. So it's, I'm not saying like, it's not like we're trying to box you. Like this is the beauty of Ayurveda. This is what I loved because I did a lot of personality tests, like back in the corporate stuff, like Myers-Briggs <laughs> yeah. and all of that. So like, but it's, we're not trying to box you. Like we're saying mm-hmm. that you have everything. You have all five within you, but the proportion changes. So if you're a Vata person, you have more air and space. So what does that essentially mean? That means maybe your anxiety is a little bit up. Maybe you're a bit airy-fairy. You're living in the clouds a bit. So you need more grounding. So what do we need we need more earth so you're lacking a bit of earth and water so let's bring that back in let's do that through some herbal medicine through some diet changes you know and then you'll have the stability so you can be successful in life right so if you're a pitta person maybe you're struggling with heartburn maybe you have a lot of irritability you have a lot of fire so let's try and cool that down a bit like right let's try and bring you back into balance if you're earth and water maybe you're struggling with a lot of like density in your body maybe a lot of lymphatic stuff's going on how do we clear that out how do we bring you back into like uh, maybe you're struggling with weight loss uh, sorry weight gain issues how do we bring that weight loss in how do we balance the body so these are the, the nuances we look at and you always have a sub body type so we're looking at those things as well so it's a science it's it's a very complicated science but i think it's beautiful in how it's structured because it always makes sense it always does yeah yeah and i love how it's uh, individualized it is it sounds like you are able to once you identify your own self it's like part of that journey of knowing thyself, inner knowledge, just even more information that we can utilize in order to uh, know ourselves to kind of heal or do the things that we need to do. So it just, it seems so important to to have that awareness. And that's, again, like what my sister really harps on in her day-to-day life is knowing her body type. And then she even has more empathy for people who have a different body type because they're maybe programmed different and like, I'm very different than she is. So it's kind of like it creates this awareness of our our own selves and our similarities and then where our differences come in in, in what we need to do in order to to heal and and do that inner work that leads to our 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 journeys to healing and so i'm curious you mentioned obviously the mental health pandemic that what the pandemic created for us now which is a mental health crisis in a lot of ways and even i think you mentioned our lineages like our our parents and what we, what we've been passed down. So I'm curious how it addresses between mental health issues, anxiety, depression, and like our trauma, where does it, where does that link happen where we're, where we're working through trauma or healing ourselves on us. We talk about subconscious healing and healing through things that were passed on from our intergenerational trauma, all this stuff. Where do you see iron as the real solution to a lot of these catastrophic problems we're all dealing with? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think it's it's really to do with that knowing yourself aspect. I think that's that's your one way to know God better. So we spoke about that divinity and that connection, right? And so if you don't know yourself, it creates a lot of these problems, these mental health problems that we have today, that depression, not really fitting in, not really like knowing your sense of purpose. So we carry a lot of baggage because your parents tell you, like, I don't know about yourself, but a lot of like parenting problems today is because people weren't able to meet their own expectations. And so they put it on their kids, right? And they tell them how to live. And maybe they're not that body type. Maybe it doesn't apply to them. Maybe like, for example, like ADHD, why is it on the rise today? Right? Maybe the body type 
needs are not being met. Maybe they need grounding. They don't need more fire. <laughs> like maybe they need something else. So like parents often put their baggage onto their kids. And I think this is what's created that problem because, or it may not be parents. It may be relationships. It may be um, situations in life that you're in. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's like control in the workplace. Maybe it's like, so we're constantly trapped in different ideologies. And I think that creates a different body type. So often when I see clients, they've morphed into a different body type or they don't recognize their own body type it happened to me it actually happened to me because my parents like they were great in terms of how like I big support because they were like migrants to a new country and all of that so they had it really tough here but like I was living in like a very Australian world and I was constantly battling like where where do I fit in like where who I am so I started to morph into a different body type without even realizing and I didn't think I didn't know I had so much fire within me right but I morphed into like a vata body type when I'm actually a pitta vata so I have vata but more fire but I suppressed it so what happened I had gut health issues I had anxiety I wasn't able to find my sense of purpose like all of these things just bottled up as life just went on and then if I didn't realize what my body type was I would have never been able to bring that fire back right and now that I have it's so like liberating it's like oh finally like I understand what's going on so when I eat something maybe it's the wrong food for me so obviously it's creating that kind of lack in energy or it's creating maybe like I had something wrong so it affected my energy levels and therefore my mental health the next day reduced my fire whereas I should really be increasing it all of those kind of things or maybe I need to take some kind of herbal medicine to help me with that like kickstart I don't have to be like taking it every day but like when I know like I, I I need something I can maybe take something you know because for a fiery individual your gut health has to be really clear and, and or for a fiery person your gut health is usually pretty good so we need to get back into that state uh, or maybe if your fire is too high maybe you need something around you like a body body of water or drinking more water or like literally swimming and adopting certain lifestyle practices perhaps you need a breathing exercises it depends like what kind of situation you're in but yeah I just really feel like you can kind of break those generational trauma patterns um if you know yourself better wow amazing yeah and how you describe breaking down of even the the barriers of separation that are the compartmentalization that we're put in by our parents and they're trying to like implement things that are not in alignment with our our natural state and how those distortions mm -hmm. end up derailing us in so many areas of life in this and the healing process and so this mm -hmm. work is amazing because the importance of coming back into your your own awareness and then like coming into alignment with your natural state is something that we 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 put so much focus on and yeah so i really just that's a, that's amazingly important and in, in this process of uh, deconstruct these, these separation and these barriers and things that we've been programmed with or have to kind of break down in order to come into that alignment. And I really mm -hmm. like how you mentioned the importance of that gut health, because I've, I've been hearing how it's like, a, we call it now the gut brain, right? Because it's like equally yeah. as important as our our brain brain, right? And then now we, we have like an, an awareness of that connection. So yeah, tell me a little bit about the focus of of that gut health having an impact even on our our consciousness level and our expansion into into all of these different different realms that we're trying to access when we're doing this spiritual work yeah yeah so yeah definitely refer to as our second brain in ayurveda like your gut is yeah. essentially your 
your energy center, your this is where we get our fire from. Without fire, we can't drive ourselves. We can't do anything pretty much. So Ayurveda, whole science is based around the gut. And it's something that really like shows the, it's just proof for everybody to see how, like you think it's such an ancient science normally. And I thought that as well, right? Like, but it's, it's so applicable today because now people are actually doing studies where they do gut testing. I know clients that are actually, through functional medicine, getting their microbiome tested, like, and they're sending it to a lab. And this is a new thing. Whereas like Ayurveda, it's something that we've known all along. And the whole essence is that bad bacteria creates blockages and, and blocks channels. And therefore, like if your gut health is not good, it's actually creating layered impact in your in your physical state, in your emotional state, in your spiritual state, because it all stems from the gut. So if your gut health is pretty good, then it's less chance of that happening because the channels are more open and then your nutrients are flowing through and then it's it's easier for your body to handle anything that's going on. Because sleep patterns also like affect us, like your lifestyle affects us. If you're not fulfilling, like if you're not living life according to the circadian rhythm, that can affect the gut as well. So there's multiple factors to that. And I think, and and depending on the body type, that changes as well. So yeah, I think it's it's important to like like really focus on that. There's multiple things I can go into it. Like I don't yeah. want to talk about. <laughs> no, that's that, okay. But, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's 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 amazingly important. And I'm also thinking about because you mentioned the anxiety and things relating to our nervous system. Like I, I hear a lot about nervous system regulation, and I know there's like somatic practices and things like that that we can do on a physical level. But does it also uh, incorporate that that kind of uh, healing work as well when you're doing Ayurveda? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So the vagal nerve stimulation, right? That mm -hmm. whole concept is such an Ayurvedic thing. So we do that. Like, and I didn't realize, like, when I was studying, and I was like, this is just what I heard the other day about vagal nerve. Because, like, we what we do is we focus on the back. We do lymphatic drainage massages where we're literally focusing on releasing certain things and certain energy blocks. And this isn't just, like, metaphysical stuff. It's literally physical release. And we can do that through multiple ways. And, yeah, it's, it's so linked to the gut as well. Like, we don't realize, like, if there's a blocked channel somewhere, that could be really causing your mental depression or maybe you have a kidney issue that needs to be sorted out. Maybe there's a liver situation. Like it really depends on the body types and where you're at. But yeah, well, there's definitely yeah. a link between all of them. Amazing. Yeah. And so do you, do you work with clients? I know because I know you're in Australia, but you also work uh, and, and maybe some of this stuff is in person. But do you also work with people remotely all over the world that can access and start doing this, these kind of practices and things or how does that work when people are you know all over the world now <laughs> absolutely and I see clients internationally I've recently been overseas and I did some talks in Barrie actually so <laughs> we just missed each other <laughs> I know where were you <laughs> so yeah definitely see clients internationally I love to work with multiple people and this is so like university it applies to anyone in any location so yeah please uh, feel free to reach out if you need anything any assistance just want to have a chat yeah I'm happy to just give more information in that and be available so definitely. yeah amazing so you do like a one-on-one -on -one consult with individuals because I also know you've been working as well in on the corporate level and trying to get this important information out for the well-being of employees so that corporations and companies can have healthier all-around happier employees yeah. so tell me a little bit about that because I, that seems so important right now because like you said with the mental health crisis and seems like mm. no one 
no one is is doing enough in this area. So I'm really curious about how how you're really bringing change and impacting that on a on a on a bigger level. No, thank you. So I did a talk yeah recently in JP Morgan, and I've done uh, things with Australia with Mind Body Spirit and different organisations here. It's such an important topic because I come from a corporate background, so I know like how taxing it is on the system because you're constantly like being. I guess blocked because <laughs> you're not eating right. You're living a schedule that's just not catering to your body type, and most body types, I think, I think would go quite chaotic. So it's really important. Like you can work with that. It's just knowing what's what you need to do at what time. So I've really been focusing a lot about circadian rhythm. Um, really been talking about diet. I've been talking about the body types in a way where it's not very Ayurvedic. I think it's more like holistically like integrated health and we can work with different modalities because the concepts are the same so in my team I work with a Chinese medicine practitioner I work with like a tip practitioner I work with acupuncturists so so many modalities can come together in this because it's a very universal science so I think it applies a lot in the holistic realm and so for corporations they really like taking it on very well because yeah it's just something that people just forget and it's it's a good reminder like like I think people just are so busy easy and they don't like and with the fast-paced world that we're in it's it's easy to jump on TikTok or Instagram and just get health advice from there and I think there's a lot of holistic advice out there but too much information is a problem too because it yeah. may not apply to you so there's a lot of fat diets is like that whole icebox thing that was going on and like the whole like just intermittent fasting is one that I get a lot like a lot of questions mm -hmm. about right now everyone's right. doing intermittent fasting but nobody really understands if it's good for you or not like and some for some body types it can actually put you into mental health issues wow. so yeah very important to know what's right for you and like dairy like going off dairy it may not be good for you maybe maybe it is maybe it's not like in gluten-free like diets some people need gluten to survive it, it depends like it really depends on your body type so I think yeah like I that's what I've been focusing on with corporates and yeah, if you're overseas I'm happy to do like a one-on-one -on -one consultation with you normally I, I check the pulse so if you're in person like I would check your pulse and I can actually determine your body type through your pulse and imbalances and that but I can do that with a set of questions if you're overseas so Amazing. I love that. Well, yeah, informa information overload is such a, a problem to navigate, like fad diets, like you mentioned, and the the whole burnout mo model that we're in right now with, with corporate burnout and people just running running ourselves into the ground and providing some solutions to that. I, I just love it so much mm -hmm. because, and, and I just really like like how you take this individualized approach, because like you said, something that might be good for someone else is not good for others. So it's just so important to, to again, identify your own, your own self in this process. So yeah, I'm definitely super curious to get, I, I actually, my, just based on what my sister told me, I think I have an idea of like, I'm a pizza and all these things, but I haven't actually yeah. started to like dive into it, but yeah, definitely fire. <laughs> it's amazing. Just what I, just what I've heard and learned so far. And the spiritual aspect to me is just mind blowing because to me, all of this stuff really does we're aspiring to reach higher levels of consciousness, connect with God, source, whatever intuitive like operations, operating systems that we that we want to start optimizing in this process. And so, yeah, I just I just love the Ayurvedic model, and I'm so glad that you shared a little bit about how it's consistent and in alignment with basically any tradition and religious system. I mean, you have on your team people from all different backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, I love that. So where where can people go, Siri, if they want to reach out and have one of your consults? Like, where's the best place to find you? I know you got social media and maybe a website and all that, but where do, where should people go if they just hear this and they, they're really excited to, to potentially reach out and work with you? Please feel free to join uh, my Instagram page. Uh, I, I'm pretty much pretty active on that. So Prana Squared on Instagram. So that's my handle or my website. So pranasquared.com. So you can just jump on there and just send me a message. And yeah, I'm pretty responsive online. So. Yeah, amazing. And I love also this, the circadian rhythm and the sleep method. I think a lot of people, especially, I just wanted to highlight that because have you, what other, just before we wrap, because I know we're running short on time, but yeah. what other like, transformations like do you see with your clients like where do you see the before and the after transformation like when someone comes to you what are some of the Um, common like physical ailments or afflictions that they're experiencing and then where do they end up coming out at the end of this and maybe how long does it take for something like that for someone to see real changes that's a good question because right now I've come up with a program where I'm doing a 24, 2024 reset. So it'll be available on my website soon. This is the one I was telling you about it in. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's pretty much a two to three week program because that's when I see results with most clients. I know people think that natural medicine takes time, but if you're doing the right thing, if you're committed to it, and it does require commitment from both both sides. So if you're committed and you follow the diet plan and it's not going to be, it's not like you have to cut out a lot of things. We can make that diet plan work for you. If you can commit to that, you will see results in two to three weeks, guaranteed. And that's what I see with a lot of my clients. And this is like an average I've taken, right? Because I see clients with like so many things like mental health and gut health and thyroid issues and long-term breathing problems. And they've tried everything and they've seen naturopaths. They've done everything. This is like their last result because nobody thinks about Ayurveda until like it gets to the end. And and like everyone like to show me all these like multiple supplements they're taking, but like nothing works. End of the day, like they're just like disappointed. All it took was just getting them to understand their body type. Once they were empowered, they made the right decisions and then they ate correctly. And within two weeks, I mean, obviously it takes some supplements, some herbal supplements. You do see results pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So I have seen that transformation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've definitely seen like clients come in with like such massive issues and they've just transformed and they're they're living their life, their their life of purpose and they're glowing inside out, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And weight loss too. I'm I mean, I'm assuming you can also with with the gut process, that's actually something that I I didn't do Ayurvedic specifically, but with superfoods and nutrition and healing the gut with the different hemp like herbs and things like that. Yeah, it's so important. So I just love that you can do it. I, it took me much longer. I had like a nine month thing before I really, but but it sounds like two to three weeks can make a huge impact if you just do the do the right steps and 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 learn all this stuff. I guess in this process and kind of do do more of the work up front and then get get faster results, right? That's right. Amazing. That's right. Exactly. Amazing. I love that, Siri. Okay. Well, I know we're running short on time here, but um, I'm going to have the links to your social media, your website, and I'm excited to help you promote this 2024 reset because mm-hmm. that's what we're all here to do this year. <laughs> January, New Year's resolutions are here. So we're <laughs> we're ramping up for this year to do mind, body, soul changes. So any final thoughts or, or words of wisdom you'd like to share with any of the listeners who, who might be tuning in and looking looking forward to maybe reaching out to you? 
Yeah, I guess just be yourself. I, I think we're living in a time where things are just getting tough. And like uh, some people, we're on an ascension journey where all of us are. Like, oh, I think this is the perfect time where we can really tune into ourselves and really like, yeah, I think it's, it's time to go inward. I think it's a, it's a real good time to go inward and really like just even if you're not on that journey, like to just think about your purpose in life and where you're heading and just give yourself some time. Take it slow. And I think you'll get, you'll get, you'll get all the answers. They're all within. So yeah, just, just be patient with yourself. I love <laughs> I that. T- tuning in and looking inward and I like to have that outward change starts within first, right? So I love that advice, Siri. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I got to interview and talk to you today and learn more about all of this stuff. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having you hopefully visit again soon, the Bay Area, and we can do it in person. But yeah, thank you so much for today and your words of wisdom and all of your knowledge is so amazing and everything you bring to this world. I'm just so thrilled to have you. (laughs) And thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. Take care. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.